Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Cecilia with the Shopwood Designs. She is a fellow power carver. Um, which I've really enjoyed watching uh, her channel on Instagram, watching the things that she is making. Um, so it was really fun to talk shop with her, especially about uh, power carving tools. So I'll give you the forewarning now that there's quite a bit of chat about uh, power carving tools. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did uh, while talking with Cecilia. Uh, before we get to the interview though, just a reminder to make sure that you're following along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom podcast. And, uh, there you'll find the link in the bio and you can get to all sorts of places like the show notes, uh, for this episode and all the other past episodes, along with being able to join in, um, with the tribe on Patreon so that you can get all sorts of goodies like stickers and shirts and extra content and shout outs at the start of the show. Uh, we are nearing our first 10 patrons on there as soon as we hit that number 10 I will be putting up bonus uh, content with our maker moms I'll be adding on additional questions that I uh, ask them that only patrons will have access to over on patreon so if you want to check that out too it's just patreon.com forward slash maker mom podcast let's get to that magical number number 10 and get that extra content going all right, with no further ado, this is Cecilia with The Shop Wood Designs. Okay, well, if you don't have any questions, then we can get started with just, why don't you uh, give a little introduction about yourself? Alrighty, well, I just turned 50. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm the fabulous 50. And um, I've been married for 20 years. I have triplets that are almost teenagers, that are driving me totally insane, but I'm so glad that they're here with me. Um, and, uh, you know, small town girl, living in a big city, enjoying life. Well, awesome, uh, and triplets, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and, um... Neither can I. <laughs> Um, it's still a shock to me, but hey, you know, you just go with it. I and I really do swear I'm I'm starting to really feel like it's in the water with all these maker moms. Like I don't even know what number you are now with multiples. <laughs> you Probably know, it's funny you say that because it's so common. I mean, it's it's so common. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you just I guess you don't think about it until I don't know, until you're doing something like me and talking to so many people <laughs> from across the country, across the, across the globe, really. And uh, yeah, so many of you have multiples. <laughs> I, yeah, it's crazy. We're all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's go back a ways for you. Like, let's talk about childhood. Where'd you grow up? Um, what kind of things were you into as a kid? My father, he was, I like to call him the dad of all trades because he used to do everything. He, uh, he was a farmer, um, a cattleman actually. So I grew up on a farm in a very small town in Northern New Mexico. It's about maybe a couple of hours North of Albuquerque. So it's up in the woods. So I get the Rocky mountains. Uh, my backyard was a huge mountain. So, you know, I was pretty much a tomboy growing up. I would go out there and play in the mud, and play with sticks, make things. So since then, I've always had a passion to 
make something and be creative. And uh, my dad, and my, I found out later that my grandfather used to be a woodworker as well. So I, you know, I started very late in life doing woodworking. And um, now I know why I love it so much. It's in the genes. <laughs> well, that's awesome. But I mean, you might have started woodworking later in life, but it sounds like maybe uh, you kind of were a maker from the get-go. Oh, definitely. I've always been creative. Um, I was a graphic designer for 20 years, so I, uh, I was always creative. I always did the, uh, the, anything I can do to make it look better, so to speak. And uh, in advertising, I was in advertising, and that was, that was very challenging, but it was fun. I got to do something. I got to make something that other people didn't see. And I, I do that today. I try to make something that I can see, nobody can see yet. So, you know, that's, that's, that's makes me happy. So that's where I come from. Okay. Uh, did you have any siblings? I have one brother. Okay. I have a younger brother. He's uh, actually a year and 11 months apart. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so yeah, but um yeah, we did just one brother, so it was a very small household. Uh very quiet, like I said, I was up in the hills, if you will. And uh small community, small town girl. Okay. Uh like what kind of activities did you partake in in like high school and stuff? Well, since I can't tell you everything I did because it could get me in trouble later on in life if I do decide to go into politics later. So I'll, I'll leave that quiet, but, uh, you know, like I said, it was just a small town, so we really didn't do a lot. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up learning the value of a small town and the value of family and uh, to be nice to people. And uh, so if anything came out of coming out of a small town, it was basically human decency because we had to, there was nothing else around us. And uh, I still try to instill that in my kids today. Yeah, um, I didn't come from a small town. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of a small town. I don't think I ever lived. <laughs> I don't think I ever lived anywhere with less than thirty thousand people. But, oh wow! But um, like my family, you know, like how my grandma grew up and stuff was a small town, and we'd go there for family reunions. And it's like learning, like, A, you're related to, like, everybody in town. Um, <laughs> and, and B, it was just such an interesting thing of, like, getting, I guess, to see that side of things. Of, like, how mm -hmm. everybody knows everybody in town, which can be right. both good and bad sometimes right. depending on the situation especially dating i'm yeah. telling you everybody was related to me so i had to import my boyfriend <laughs> into town but yeah i i get that you know yeah. it's 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 a small thing it's you know everything is small and you know everyone mhm mm yeah all right what about um post high school did you go to college or what did you do after high school I did. I went to college. I got a uh, graphic design bachelor in uh, a bachelor in arts in graphic design and mass communication. So I double majored and um, I thought I was going to go into television, the backside of it, you know, going to uh, doing, I don't know, directing or, or producing. Uh, but I fell in love with graphic design. And so that's where I went into um, advertising. And most of my career has been in advertising as, as far as graphic design. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, do you still have that career? I mean, are you still doing graphic design, marketing, advertising? No. And uh, the reason is I had triplets. <laughs> yes. So, you know, um, my husband was in the Navy. He just retired. Uh, so we traveled a lot. And thankfully, I was able to get a graphic design job every place that we've been to. Um, but when the kids were born, uh, there's just no financial reasoning for me to go back to work. So I stayed home and I took care of the kids. And that's where I actually started doing woodworking. Um, I needed to build a table. 
I couldn't find anything for multiples. So I started just building things and that led to other things. And then refinishing a basement. I did that all by myself. I put the drywall, I mudded, I did everything. I did the flooring. So it, it just kind of piqued my interest more. And so I started doing it more and more. And here I am today now getting into carving and fell in love with that instantly. And so that's what I'm trying to pursue now. Okay. So you said your triplets are nearing their uh, teenage years, right? They'll, they'll be 13 in December. Yeah. All right. So would you, was it 10 years ago you said you started getting into woodworking or m- closer to when they were even littler? Yeah. I, I, I would dabble into it when I was younger, but like I said, I was more into advertising and that took a lot of time. And so when I got, when I had the kids, then's when I probably started. So yeah, I'd say about 10 years ago is when I really started going into it and doing it. Okay. How did you find your way to it? I mean, was it just that need for having to make, you know, having to have something and, um, you know, feeling like you could make it or. It's funny. I thought about that because I thought, you know, where did I learn this stuff? But it must've been when I was a child and I would look at my dad doing things or he would come and help me do something and I would just be there looking at him. And so I guess I just put that in my head and didn't think I knew how to do it. And my first project, I remember it was a table and I kept thinking to my, about what my dad would do and boom it was there it was built and I was so proud of myself because I thought wow where did I come up with this how in the world did this you know come out of my head and uh, later on my dad would help me do other projects and it just clicked I subconsciously must have learned it from him it's it's amazing how the mind works that way. It's really <laughs> funny. Yeah, um, but that's really cool. Um, and so I have to ask because as a as a fellow carver, I have to ask: How did you get started into carving? Like, were you seeing stuff other people were posting, or did you find it more like naturally on your own, or how'd you get into it? Um, well, I I found a video from Ugly Duckling, Sarah from Ugly Duckling. And uh, she was trying to mimic something that uh, Nguyen Wood did. He's a a famous artist out here in San Diego. And uh, so I I was intrigued because it kind of interests me. I've seen a couple of uh, projects beforehand, but she did a a little video and I, I watched it ran over to home, uh, Harper Freight, got me one of those cheap $9 discs, and went for it. And it was awesome. I instantly fell in love with it. And uh, I'm still trying to learn it, trying to perfect it. Uh, but yeah, it just that adrenaline and the rush, as you know, just takes over every feeling you have. And, and I mean, I'm so passionate about doing it that it's I don't see myself ever quitting it's so much fun it is it really is a blast um though I have learned uh by accident that if you do too much of it in any given week carpal tunnel will prop up on you. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true yeah your your muscles and your joints are just going what the hell are you doing to me but exactly. um, <laughs> And the also, funny thing is that, though, that you bring that up is that I have RA, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and I have, since carving, it has helped my joints so much to get stronger that I'm in remission right now because of it. And I, you know, like you said, it does, it is painful, but it, it really helped my RA as well. So I, it, it was therapeutic physically as well as mentally. So yeah, it's it's amazing how that works too. That's kind of a cool flip side I hadn't thought about. Um, 
And then also kind of, cause you just said it in passing that you're in the San Diego area. Um, I lived in Oceanside for four and a half years. Um, and in fact, our oldest was born in, uh, at Scripps in La Jolla. Um, uh -huh. yep. <laughs> and so I'm familiar with that area and love San Diego. It's absolutely oh, gorgeous it's, there. It's great. You know, we've, we've lived here in San Diego for about 10 years on and off. Like I said, my husband was in the Navy, so we would move. But my kids were born here. Our first home was here. There's just so much history here. We're both not from here originally, but um, this is probably the, the most place that we can call home. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we got back here and started our roots again. That's awesome. Yeah, in fact, um, what kind of got me very serious about um, really my love for woodworking is when living in Oceanside, I took classes at um, Palomar College in San Marcos. They have mm -hmm. a very awesome um, cabinet and furniture making program. Um, though I've heard rumor that it might be closing, which does make me sad. But um, yeah, it's a it's a really excellent program. If it's still there, um, you should totally check it out because it's. Just, I definitely will. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, all right, so let's talk about, go back a bit again to that first um, table. So it requires tools to make stuff with wood. So what were, what were some of the first tools you had when you started your journey? Um, I think the first one I had was a table saw. My father gave me, actually my, my first one was the miter saw. My father gave me a miter saw. And I still use it today. Um, it's a, it, oh gosh, I can't remember what, what kind it is, but um, it's a very old one. It works awesome. And uh, that was my very first total. And then I, I got a table saw because I was going to be doing flooring. And so I did that. But um, yeah, miter saw and table saw, first ones. I'm really learning, again, something I'm learning through doing these interviews, that the miter saw seems to be like the gateway drug. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> for us woodworkers. A lot of us started with the miter saw. <laughs> it's funny. I had that before I had a drill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So what's your shop situation like now? Uh, now it's total chaos. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's a norm for a woodworker, right? But um, when we moved out here, my husband was so gracious enough to get me a shed in the backyard. Uh, being in San Diego, we don't have a huge backyard, but the one that we do have, it was, it was big enough for me to be able to get my own shop. So I have a she shed. It's about 10 by 16, which is pretty big. And uh, I'm still working on trying to get furniture in there as far as uh, for my tools uh, put some electricity in there and all the fun stuff to make it an actual shed that I can use. But um, for right now, it's it's perfect. I mean, I love it. It's mine. Uh, nobody's allowed, or I won't let them in. It's a uh, it's it's all mine. It everything in there is mine, and I'm a very fortunate person to have a husband that knows that that would be the best gift he could ever give me besides my kids of course yeah but we'll we'll, we'll do that on another show <laughs> but yeah it, that's my uh, situation right now okay um so talk me through some of the since you're getting into the carving what tools are you working with now um uh, well i started off with the uh, harbor freight grinder which is it's unbelievable because it just died on me i've had it for uh, about two years. So um, I'm using the saber tooth discs right now. Um, I started off with the cut saw and I, I'm using the, both of them really, but I, uh, I like the shaping discs. I use that a lot. I just started using the burrs. So um, that's great for detail. Uh, so of course I'm using the angle grinder for those as well. I just bought the uh, Ryobi, um, portable uh, rotary tool 
which I am totally in love with as well, that it's, you can get into details. I use my Dremel as well. But uh, so far, I'm still experimenting, so I'm, I'm open to try new things. But right now, I'm, I'm having a blast with these discs. They're, they're powerful. Oh, yeah. I just got um, the Cutsall, what do they call it? The cuts all extra course disc because um, uh-huh. I'm I'm working on um, this lamp and so and I'm carving a bunch of a whole stack of um, hard maple glued together which I mean that's not the easiest of stuff no, <laughs> to work to, to carve through <laughs> um, and so I was using the um, King Arthur's uh, course blade which is still I mean you know wheel which is still awesome but I was like I think I need to get one of those like extra coarse ones just so that I'm not here for like ever trying yeah. to work through this material it's, it, it does do a number on your muscles too yes I mean, it's, it's some hard wood yeah yep. yeah so but I I only um the day that I happened to use it the first time was day number four of the week of carving and so I lasted about 45 minutes before my right arm just started going, nope, you're done. Oh, nope. We're not going to do anymore. <laughs> That's when you go back into the house and open that bottle of wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, even in that 45 minutes, I was really impressed with how well it was cutting and allowing me to, you know, start getting the shape that I was going for. Mm-hmm. I haven't, personally, I haven't done anything with, burrs yet I don't even have any yet but I've Uh definitely been scoping them out um for being able to get into some detail and in fact probably for this well I know for this lamp project I'm going to have to um get some of the burrs uh because of some of the details I plan on putting into it so I'm excited to try that they are they you know the i've got a few of them not a lot but i've got a few and the ability to get into certain areas that you're not able to are incredible i've got the quarter inch and the um one eighth inch which goes into my dremel really well and uh just the precision Mm -hmm. of being able to get in there and carve i've been able to do smaller carvings as well because of that so yeah, those burrs, it's amazing how powerful they can be just as much as the dish. So, yeah, if you, you should. You should get a few of them and play around with them because you'll fall in love with them. They're, they're great, especially for bowls or spoons mm-hmm. or things like that. And, um, yeah, I love them. I love them. Now, do any of the burrs, because I really don't know this, do any of the burrs come to fit onto the angle grinder? Yes, the, okay. They're the uh, the quarter inch, and they fit perfect. I'm I'm sorry, not the angle grinder, the die grinder. Okay. The die grinder that that's usually where the burrs are. The um, the angle grinder. The only one that I found are the discs. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Now, um, I do have Ar- So, like Arbor Tech has a few carving tools that are smaller, like their um their bowl gouge um, that does go on the angle grinder. Um, That's that convenient. Yeah. It, it is convenient, um, but it gives you a totally different cut. And mm-hmm. um, I actually prefer more of the, like the, the dishes because I feel like I have a lot more control over where it's going to, where the tool's going to go right. um, and not get like that kickback, you know, um, especially the course and like extra course. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have a knot. I don't think I've ever had anything kick back on me. It just, it keeps on going through it, you know? I agree. I mean, the control that those things are able to, to provide is it's one for safety Mm -hmm. and two, you can get a lot done that, you know, you wouldn't think of Mm -hmm. being able to do with just one disc. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I do love the, the dish a lot, especially mm-hmm. the extra horse. Now, if you, I don't know if you already bought a new angle grinder or not. Um, I have gone <laughs> through, I've gone through, I never worked with the Harbor Freight, but I have gone through 
four different brands of angle grinders. <laughs> um, and so far, the one I have that I, I really do love is the uh, Milwaukee. Um, oh, there's their small one. It's, mm -hmm. it's the lightest one I could find that's like in the same price range. Um, there's a, the German company fine has an awesome angle grinder that I've been drooling over for probably three years now, but oh, yeah. I, I mean, they're it's very light. It's it very is, light. it is, but they're like $300. So. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're looking to spend more like 50 to 90, which is about the average for most mm -hmm. of the big brand grinders, um, Milwaukee's is really good. That I would That's good to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've also, I did learn very quickly that it needs to be a corded uh, uh, angle grinder because those with batteries are just for what we do. There is no way that it's going to work. No way. And you get frustrated and then you just start throwing things. Or yes. maybe that's just me. <laughs> uh, no, you're not alone there. Yeah, I have um, at WorkbenchCon two years ago, I got um, a cordless angle grinder from Ryobi to try out just to see if it would work. Now, it does work and I can carve with it pretty aggressively, but it only lasts for 30 minutes. Right. So, <laughs> Mike, well, right. I need to do more than 30 minutes of carving. So exactly that, you know, that's what I tell, I give advice. People ask me about advice and I say, first of all, get a corded angle grinder and die grinder because uh, the battery it's convenient, but it's not going to help you out. You're mm -hmm. going to get frustrated. So yeah, exactly. yeah, that's, that's a good advice there. Yep. All right. Um, so have you, or I guess, what do you do with the pieces when you've made them? Are you making them just for yourself or are you selling them? <laughs> or is your husband asking you to stop making things because there's no room in the house? Well, I have a very hard time selling my product. Um, like most makers, you know, it's just, it's not really the attachment. It's more the I have no clue what to charge. It's and that's the reality of it. I mean, um, I I do it out of fun. I do it because it's therapeutic for me, and uh, it keeps my sanity. And uh, so now I have a living room full of my stuff that is just there collecting dust. So <laughs> I think that that you know I get the encouragement from my friends and family that I need to go ahead and start selling it. But I don't, I, you know, I guess I just need that initial shove. And once I get it out there, maybe I will. And when I was doing more home decor and furniture, it was a lot easier for me to sell. I would go to craft shows and I would do that. But now that I'm doing more artistic things, it's, it's kind of harder to get out there and put your stuff into a market and um, especially trying to price it. Um, I, I guess I sell myself short, like most people, but um, once I get comfortable enough with having to put a price on it, then I'll start probably doing it, making a website or going to art shows or something like that. So it's, I'm in the process. I still mm, kind of scared, but I'll get there one day, I'm sure. Okay. And yeah, you're not alone. I mean, the pricing is the hardest part, right? Um, what I say is try not to undervalue yourself in your mm -hmm. time, um, especially carving. It takes, even the power carving takes longer than people think it takes. Um, and so you want to have value for your time, but it's best to just start and you know, you're too low if everybody clamors to get one <laughs> and you know, you're too high. If you just hear crickets when you put something out there and nobody's going right. for it. Right. Right. And so that just helps you start doing that. And, and probably from your background, I would assume with advertising, there's some level of knowledge of doing like market research and, you know, basically that's what you just have to do. 
right. itself. <laughs> it's kind of that right, right. search, right? Yeah, it's a one-man show, so yep. <laughs> getting everything. And I've done it before, but like I said, I used to do the home decor. But uh, being out here in California and doing something extremely different from what I was doing, um, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to tap in and in, in this year, this later on this year, I'm going to I'm going to do smart shows and see where it goes. I just need that initial push to get going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, luckily, I can tell you, again, from being out there, I mean, in the San Diego area, woodworking is huge. There's a lot right. of woodworkers out there and mm-hmm. a big community that you can tap into. Um, right. I mean, even... Even just doing the San Diego County Fair, putting stuff into that, get your name um, out there, you know? Right, right. Yeah, just promotion, self-promotion. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I would imagine that um, having triplets keeps you busy. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, especially the teenagers. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, how how do you manage, you know, three the same age, having active schedules and getting time to to make? Um, I do it while they're in school. Uh, um, they know that's my job, and uh, whether I'm getting paid for it or not, that's debatable. But it is a job, and they know that it makes me happy. And so, when I'm out in the shop they respect me, which is great. And they'll let me go do my thing. Um, But for the most part, I do it while they're in school. When they were little, it was a different story. But um, now that they're older, they can, you know, they bend for themselves a little bit more. And uh, they're awesome. They're my support. They let me go and do what I need to do. So I'm very fortunate that they do that. And uh, they're my biggest cheerleaders every time and I'm see I get choked up just thinking about how lucky I am to have the support system that I have in order to do this so yeah it's awesome that is awesome um let's go back to that other story bit though of um, (laughs) younger years um because I mean you've you've been woodworking for 10 years Mm -hmm. so they were little Um, right how did you do that I had the same question about why in the heck did you have triplets (laughs) it's a hard question to answer I I don't know I mean it I I remember when I because I was doing a basement I was refinishing a basement well actually finishing a basement I put walls up I put drywall I I did everything and I would do it an hour here and go and feed them an hour here while they slept. And it, it just any time that I could possibly get for myself to do this, I would do it. But, um, you know, painting, I remember I was down there painting and I had all three of them with a paintbrush just going at it. And it was just so much fun. I mean, so if I can involve them, I will. Um, they're starting to get interested now, uh, but before they just, it was just fun for them. It was nothing. That was what mom did. So I'm trying to get them more interested in it and hopefully I can get them into the, the fun side of life instead of the just academic part, which my husband is into that and I'm opposite. So hopefully we'll see. Okay. Um, what was, I mean, what was your, but in order to find that time, right? And even though you're squeezing it in and you're resourceful, because every mom is resourceful, um, right. <laughs> and finding that time that they desperately need for themselves. Um, right. <laughs> what, with your husband being in the Navy and having to move and stuff, like how, how did you find, you know, resources to help um gosh uh, you know it was it was difficult I remember my husband was in the military going to grad school and the kids were six months old and it's 
it's funny because you just, you just do. And that was the first time that I did my table that I told you about earlier. Um, because you, your mind and you can, you can, you know, as a mom, you just have to do it. And, um, thankfully my parents are still alive and with us and they helped tremendously when my husband had to go on deployment, they were there. Um, I was lucky enough to have my dad, who, like I said earlier, was a woodworker in his own right and would help me do things when I needed it. So, you know, having that support system, whether it be your immediate family, friends, or uh, parents, or what have you, it just, it, it makes life a lot easier. And I think that that influence and that help helped me get to where I am right now as far as being able to dedicate myself to a passion that I'm being able to create and enjoy and hopefully do something for them even if it's just a mental thing when I'm long gone and my kids look back and say gosh mom did this out of this maybe I can do this so if they got that in their head from one little carving thing that I did back in the day, then, hey, my job is done. And all the sacrifices and all the hardships and all the hard work paid off. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, you've said a couple times this is, you know, being creative and doing this work, especially carving, is therapy, which I totally agree. Um, <laughs> but why do you say that? Why do you feel like it's therapy? It, it is. I, I'm a very creative person. I've always been creative. And in order to keep my sanity and stop drinking so much, I'll go out to the shed and just get all my anger out, all my creativity out, anything that I'm holding in. I know I can go to that place and just create and come back home and feel totally refreshed. And, you know, people think I'm crazy, but it works. It really works. Well, I think it works because as somebody told me when I was explaining why I thought it was therapy, which to me, it's because it makes me be in the now. I have mm -hmm. to be very focused on what I'm doing or right injuries happen or, <laughs> right. or even just not even if injuries happen, you know, one look away while carving could totally destroy the piece you're working on. Um, or you. <laughs> or you. And somebody said, well, what you're talking about is mindfulness. It mm. makes you be in the now, you know, right. is all what mindfulness is about. Um, that's true. That's absolutely And that's true. very helpful and therapeutic work to do. And I said, mm -hmm. well, great. Then I'm, getting paid for therapy that works out perfectly for right me. right <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way of looking at it you know yeah. I, I have to remember that every time I go out there <laughs> exactly okay so what is your favorite part about being a creative person Oh, that's a hard one. Wow. I don't know. I mean, it, um, it just, it, it sets me apart from everybody in the norm, I guess. Does that make sense? Um, I can have fun with it. I can be me. There's no judgment except for myself usually. Uh, but being creative just opens a whole different psyche. It opens your eyes to something totally different than the norm, which I appreciate because who wants to be normal? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a good question. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I, now I have something to think about. There you go. Well, I might have an even harder question next. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's your favorite part about being a mom? Ah, oh, that is hard. You know, it was um, 
a long time ago, there was someone who told me I couldn't be a mom. And I am a very stubborn person. And I told them, watch me. And I became a mom. Best thing that I could have ever happened to me. And uh, God, what I love more about being a mom is just being able to influence these little people in, in, in my way. Um, I'm totally opposite from my husband. So I'm able to give them a creative outlet. I get to show them a different side of what my husband can show them. And so being a parent, the best thing about being a parent is that I get to give them a little bit of me, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Yeah. And I can only imagine, I just saw my, our oldest is um, six, and it just came up on my Facebook page today, uh, the memory of the video of his first steps uh, five years ago. And I got all teary-eyed looking at it. (laughs) 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 Just going, oh my gosh, where did that little that little guy go um because mm-hmm. he seems so grown up already at yeah. six <laughs> you know at time flies it really does i know it does and that's just not fair but no. on, the, on the reverse side when they're screaming and both throwing fits then i'm i'm ready for them to get a bit older but <laughs> <laughs> in that moment that remembering of those first steps that moment oh, yeah. when i that's wanted what him I, that's to what i need to do remember my kids are t- teenagers so I have to remember those things instead (laughs) (laughs) um have you real have you faced any challenges do you feel like um getting into woodworking getting into carving um as a woman in what is kind of seen as more of a male hobby or field I, I, I think you've already a- answered your own question there, being a female. <laughs> you know, it's, it, God bless those guys, you know, you, you got to just uh, take it for a grain of salt, you know. There's going to be your critics. You're going you're gonna to have those few that are your cheerleaders. They're the ones that are going to encourage you. And on Instagram, especially, I have found a great support system of male and female. Um, woodworkers, makers, and even carvers. And, um, but there are those that are going to be critics and those that are going to try everything they can to put you down, especially because you're a female, a female who carves. And, uh, you know, you just got to brush it off. Uh, You know you and you do you. So, you know, uh, there's a a sanity that I probably could give them but I'm not because uh, I guess the kids are watching. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wise, right? Sometimes I think to myself, like, okay, I'm being the bigger person. Mm-hmm. I don't always like being the bigger person, but <laughs> exactly. I, I will do it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, you know, it just, it makes me laugh now that, you know, even after so many years of women doing men's work you still have that group of people that don't consider you an equal and uh it's it's going to be there forever i mean you're not going to change these people's minds and so you just go with it and privately show them off and (laughs) laugh yes yep well i mean i think you kind of started touching on it a little earlier when you said your kids are kind of now starting to get interested in what Mm -hmm. you do. Um, But what are some things that you're hoping that they learn from watching you be a maker and make things? Um, Not necessarily making anything, uh, but understanding that you can do something out of nothing. Um, That piece of rock there, you can make it something. Uh, That piece of paper, you can make it something. Um, Even cooking, 
you know, that's what I'm trying to teach them is that you need to pursue something or it's never going to get done. And you will have that regret. I want to teach them that you will never have that regret. Even if it's a total failure, you at least tried it. If you didn't like it, that's fine. If you liked it, pursue it. But at least you tried. And failures are going to happen. But if I can teach them to see something that no one else can see and then make it so that they do see it, that's that's all I can do. I mean, that's what I want to do is, is, is not only artistically, but um, in life itself. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to teach them uh, by doing what I do. It's a specific thing and they don't necessarily have to go that route. But if they learn what I'm trying to teach them in that aspect, then boom, mm-hmm. mama of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I totally agree. Like, I don't necessarily think like my kids have to follow after me and, you know, make things like I make. Um, But it thrills me just to watch them get excited by art and like Uh really get into creating, you know. Um, My youngest, who's three and a half, she spent all last night after getting home from um, daycare making a unicorn. That was what she was going to do, you know. Um, and it was just fun to watch her, you know, um, be independent. Me just mm-hmm. give her the supplies and have her create however she wanted to create. Right. And that's awesome that you did that. I mean, that a lot of people don't. They, they're hovering. And you've got to do it this way. And- <laughs> then they don't get to be creative. So yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I always find that my kids come up with way more creative things than I would come up with <laughs> if I, if I was telling them what to do. Oh, um, I totally agree. <laughs> Stuff that they come up with. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, okay. So if you're talking to another woman or mom who wants to tackle some kind of new skill you know maybe it's crafting um doing something with art being a you know doing diy whatever it might be being a maker but they're hesitant to get started what kind of words of encouragement or advice would you give her i would tell them that you're never going to know if you like it unless you try it and so I mean, that's the best advice that I can give. You just need to go in head first and try it. Um, A lot of people, me included, are not very good at things. I can't bake at all. But I'll try it. And uh, that's my advice to other makers is that, you know, you never know what you're going to enjoy or what you're going to want to do if you don't do it. I never knew in a million years that I would enjoy carving as much as I do, but I dove right in and now that's my passion. Um, So yeah, pick up that hammer, pick, you know, do something. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But you tried it and um, just go for it. That's my advice. Just go for it. Great advice. Um, And hopefully those listening will take it if they haven't done it already. Um, okay. That's right. Try new things. Um, okay. Cecilia, are there any other maker moms out there that are inspiring you right now that you want to shout out? Oh man, there are a lot of them. Don't do that. (laughs) here. I love everybody. Come on. You especially. Come on. (laughs) Seriously, everybody who I follow, I get a little bit of something from everyone because, I mean, there is incredible talent out there. I mean, uh, from woodworkers to painters um, and everything in between. So, yeah, I, I, I can seriously say that I get influenced from everybody out there because there's little itsy bitsy things that I can get from anybody. So, you know, yeah, there's, 
you follow you (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for that um okay so if people aren't following you yet though how do they find you where do they go on the interwebs to find you okay well since i'm small potatoes still uh the only thing i have is instagram and uh i do have a facebook page that i'm trying to perfect but uh, more instagram so it you know it's it's uh the shop the shop woodwork wood designs i changed my work name it was woodwork and design but that was too long so now it is the shop wood design okay great and i will have a link to that in the show notes so people can follow along with you awesome. um which i recommend everyone doing because i love the carving work that you're doing um i've seen yeah. i've seen improvement so uh, <laughs> if you're not seeing it i've seen it um so yeah thank you yeah bowls are fun aren't they i really enjoy doing they are are. (laughs) you totally do anything with them i know yeah all right well thank you for taking the time to talk with me today well thank you katie it was awesome yeah Okay, so again, that was Cecilia with the Shop Wood Designs on Instagram. I will include the links on how to follow along with Cecilia in the show notes. Best way to get to those is to follow along with Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom Podcast. And hit the link in the bio and you will see the spot to hit for show notes. In addition to the spot to join the tribe and any other special Maker Mom workwear specials uh, that I have going on with some brands right now. So check those out as well while you're there. And until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.